Welcome to the uh, Phil Grass Survival Podcast. I'm with Mike Pfeiffer from Last Line of Defense. How's it going, Mike? Good, man. I'm glad you had me out. It's rare that I get an opportunity to actually kind of do content, but just kind of hang out. Yeah. It's been, a cool opportunity. I think we hopefully managed to balance them pretty well today. We did. We did. We drank some beer. Drank after. some beer. Yeah. We shot guns. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, we didn't mix the two. We didn't mix, never mix the two. Yeah. Don't um, do that. But I think it's cool that we're recording this podcast. This will be up on your YouTube channel so you can see kind of the live interaction. I noticed myself even my own habits because I gauge a lot of my own uh, content and business steps based on what I'm doing in real life. I mean, my own personal habits. And I'm digest- I have digested all of Netflix. Yeah. There's no longer any Netflix that I haven't seen. You've watched everything worth watching. It's all gone. So now um, I've, I've actually tuned into YouTube, which has made me think maybe I should be like you and spend more time presenting content like I do on every other channel, but more for YouTube followers as well. Okay. Yeah. So you guys have a, they have a YouTube right now. Uh, they just don't put much up no. on it. Once a month maybe okay but we're gonna try to get like you and i know you told me like the standards like once a week you gotta feed your it's like the bare minimum that's what i do yeah the bare minimum just getting by what i do yeah (laughs) but you gotta feed the beast right it's a minimum of one week yeah yeah i mean that's that's a good recommendation yeah it's a good thing to shoot for twice a week won't hurt but once a week what if i just off a one-off like a bonus i just throw in a second one is that bad or do nah, I have to strategically plan it as a habit? No, nah, there, there's a lot of talk, I guess. Some people like conditioning, like a TV show, like I'm going to release a new Tuning video episode every, every Tuesday yeah. at 6 p.m. I don't have, my life is too crazy to yeah. do that. Like I could do it. I'm just making excuses for myself. But good thing to get into so people can look forward to, oh, it's Tuesday, mm. that new field craft video is coming out. Is that the optimal thing? You're saying Tuesday, like 6 Oh, no, Tuesday, I just, pulled, that, that, okay, I just okay. pulled it out. There's probably someday out someday. there that's best. Um, I don't do enough research on the YouTubes. but Well, you're doing well on YouTube. You have a couple hundred thousand subscribers. And, you know, it just tells me that more people are tuning in because it's relevant. It makes sense. Like, you would be losing subscription followers, I imagine, if what you were saying was a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'd at least be staying stagnant and my yeah. views would be going down. Uh, and I'm not dro- I'm not growing at an astronomical pace or anything, but I'm, yeah. I'm steadily growing, yeah. And for our I'm genre, I mean, we had the conversation this morning, like for our genre, um, you can't, it, like it's difficult, right? Because we're like the tactical survival outdoor whatever that is. Yeah, not a whole lot of people mixing it up on the social medias anyways, but I think there are a fair bit mm-hmm. out there. The thing that I'm running into, and you may run into this too, probably not as much actually, if I don't post like gun videos for a while, I'll get all my people that only want gun videos that are like, I don't care about your truck, where's the gun videos? Whoa. And then I'll, Surprising. I'll have the, the truck people when I post a gun video, you know, yeah. say like, I don't like guns or whatever. Huh. They're less vocal about not liking guns, I think, though. Yeah, so if you had to put a percentage on the amount of people that follow you, let's say it's 200K, the amount of people who follow you who don't like guns, what is that? Just guesstimate. That don't like guns, like that want anti-guns? More, no, that want more overland, off-road, outdoor versus the gun stuff. Oh, I would say probably 80% of people want more outdoor really adventure stuff yeah i have this little 
series called Weekender Lander, where it's I, I kind of take a jab at making fun of overlanding because I really just do it like mm-hmm. on the weekends. Yeah. Anyway, this is a series I made, just kind of an adventure series where I go out uh, a lot of times with Ashley and just, you know, go do a little off-roading, do a little camping mm-hmm. and kind of vlog-ish. Yeah. It. Those are kind of my most popular videos and people are always asking for more of them. Um, so, Which is fun because it means you have to make more of them. It is. It's, it encur- it's nice because it actually encourages me to go out camping more um, versus like a gear review like I test gear and stuff but when I'm Mm -hmm. doing a gear review video I'm typically like sitting in a room at a table yeah doing a gear review but when I do the weekender lander videos it's like I have to go so that's the most popular part of the series huh like out of all the videos currently yeah those are those are the ones that are most regularly like I don't think I have a single weekender lander that has like less than 60,000 views or something like that what is the last one that you did the last episode was that with Warrior Poet Society? No, that was a couple episodes back. Uh, the last one I did was this one where Ashley made some salmon foil meals and we had to go make a campfire and we were going to go to one place, but that county had a fire ban, so we had to find a different place and go wow, somewhere else. just to, to make the... Yeah, kind of, you know, to make well, the fire. We didn't need yeah. to, but yeah, yeah. it was something Ashley was excited about. Because mm-hmm. usually we just make easy meals, just like hot dogs or pre-made this or, or whatever. And this one, she actually prepped the meal, which kind of is dependent on a campfire. So we went Ooh. out and I like that. did that. Did you do the recipe and everything? No, I should have. It was a missed opportunity. Huh. But I, I said what was in it, I think. I don't what, remember. What do you think? What do you think it is about that popularity what that means about society because my my thinking is well wouldn't it be less popular because more people would actually be getting out or is it because more people want to be inspired to get out i think it's that i get messages and emails all the time i mean i get it's kind of weird because i get a broad spectrum i get emails from you encouraged me to get my first gun and take self-defense more seriously which is rad because my my channel reaches a broader demographic than if I was just a gun channel. If I was just a gun channel, I'm not introducing anti-gun people to guns because they're not watching gun channels, mm. but they're watching my channel. Yeah. So they'll see it and they're like, oh, he's making a gun video. I guess mm. I'll watch it. And then they're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I'll get into guns. So I'm probably reaching more new to guns people or gun curious people mm-hmm. than a standard gun channel is obviously yeah. so that's like a pro in that department uh, which is what gun people don't understand about my channel that it kind of opens the door to to other people that was a tangent i don't remember what the original no, is question that, was but is that part of the strategy is that like a deliberate thing but kind of i don't have a mastermind strategy yeah, but yeah. it's it's part of the thing because if people if people come to my channel like this guy seems pretty logical he doesn't seem like a crazy redneck and he carries a gun every day mm-hmm. Maybe there's something to it that I never thought about before. Um, so in general, I try to bring everything back to preparedness. And I believe carrying a gun on you every day is part of that. So uh, a lot of people see that I'm uploading stuff about my truck and this and that. Uh, and they, they have a disconnect between what we were talking about earlier, where you kind of you build your lifestyle around preparedness. And naturally, a lot of your hobbies then become around preparedness one of those like your bug out rig is kind of around preparedness so i go on a weekend camping trip ooh, fun and everything but also it's like 
hey, I want to try and build a fire from scratch on this trip, I'll do it. And it really integrates with your hobby. So if you're practicing kind of your preparedness, it, it can be fun, as cheesy as that sounds. So yeah. I always try to kind of bring it back to that. So surface level, they kind of just see this guy out camping. But really, it's a little... It's a little more than that. Because you're exercising. Like it's like I mean, honest, honestly, it's like the Boy Scouts and uh, the the Cub Scouts of America. Because the whole intent was to get people outdoors, but to train them in a viable skill set that's going to be potentially life saving. Yeah, right? Boy Scouts motto: something with be prepared or yeah. prepared something. Always be. That's five eleven times. <laughs> <laughs> Always be ready. Oh, hey, that's or go way prepared. Off. No, that's Warren. There's something, uh, something about that. Yeah. Um, are you so? Oh, but Pete, you the question. Sorry, the question I don't was. Even question. It was, why are people watching this? Wouldn't it encourage them to be out, not watching YouTube, out actually adventuring? Yeah. Um, and it has. So I was like, yeah, a lot of people email me and say like, oh, you got me into my first handgun or whatever. A lot of people email me and they're like, you you really encouraged my family and me to get out for the weekend and go camping, and it was awesome. It was a blast. So I try to give tips too, like if you're new to this, these are kind of the things you need. This is kind of what to do. This is kind of where to go. Um, so I think it is encouraging a lot of people to go out and yeah. do stuff. It's encouraging a lot of people to do stuff that I don't really intend to. Like I've mm. probably sold 5,000 Toyota Tacomas because people, I've got at least 100 emails that are say, I went out and bought a Tacoma because of oh, you. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want it to be that way. You go, you got a minivan, go out and, yeah. you know, take some dirt roads out yeah. into the wilderness and have a good time. But um, all that to say, I know it's encouraging people to get outdoors, but at the same time, I think people are, they can't go out as, nobody can go out as much as they want to, I mm -hmm. think. So it's kind of one of those live vicariously yeah. through me kind of deals, I think. So are you doing it more than most people and then, now you've taken it on as a responsibility in order to advocate because i'm trying to think like yeah. where's the personal virtue tie into the business it, where it's like how do you find balance between what you're passionate about and what you love because like this is amazing mm. being outdoors fly fishing shooting whatever it may be like being free in america is awesome but then when you make it about kind of capturing it how do you do it without making it cheesy for lack of a better term yeah it's tough too and i don't record every trip i go on i just don't want to bring a camera you know i usually bring a camera and take some pictures like or you something. don't even advertise where you live right i don't think i've ever seen being at your house today i don't think i've seen much about your home yeah. or how remote you actually live like you live pretty remote yeah i live kind of kind of out there uh nothing nothing too great you know i'm like 40 minutes to denver or something yeah. roughly like it's that in the mountains. Like, it's, it's in just... the mountains yeah um i don't i mention it from time to time i mentioned you know like i live at almost nine thousand feet in colorado mm -hmm. a fair bit so people know i'm in colorado and they for the most part know i'm in the mountains but that's about it mm -hmm. um but yeah as far as like the balance of like living life and enjoying life and making content and encouraging other people and trying to do my part. I don't know. I don't think, I don't think about it too much. I just go, fortunately, my girlfriend, uh, Ashley loves to camp, loves to camp. She would camp every single really? weekend. That's amazing. Um, I get that from her though. She's like very open, natural settings. Like yeah. she's not materialistic. She loves to hike and she loves to camp. Yeah. I don't hike as much. And ever since I got a gimp, 
ankle mm-hmm. um i haven't been hiking with her so it's like our outdoor activity is camping mm-hmm. so she is the main encouragement to go camping it's something i always liked um i love gear and trucks and modifications and survival and being a man so i like mm-hmm. going out and building fire and doing throwing knives or whatever mm-hmm. um so i really enjoy it she really enjoys it um and i think i don't know i started documenting it just kind of as a as a test to see if people would like that kind of video and they seem to so i was like this is a pretty fun video to make it's a pretty fun activity to do it kind of lets me remember like relive the trip for myself it's like watching old home home movies it is it's cool to except it like that. i've made them maybe a little better production quality it's your, it's your personal it's your personal highlight reel into like the, the epicness that you were potentially living right something like that yeah and it's not too crazy and i i there's a few things I really try to drill home with people so that they don't forget. It's like, yeah, I have a crazy tricked out truck and yeah, I'm using sometimes the coolest gear available, but it's not about that mm-hmm. at all. It's just getting out, having fun. The experience overall. Yeah. Yeah. So even though I am kind of primarily a gear reviewer, tester person, I do want people to know that I actually made a video called like overland for 150 bucks and i just went to walmart with a 150 dollar budget bought everything you needed to go and then did it so even though i use expensive cool gear i I try to make it not about gear but yeah i guess long long answer to to the question but yeah i try to do it to encourage other people to to enjoy i think that's i get that impression when I, i was just thinking about what i see from you content wise and it is inspiring because it's it's really cool photography, like really beautiful, aesthetically pleasing photography that's really outdoors, really amazing scenery, Thanks. and then good educational content, you know, or you know, I, even the pictures without no content is is really inspirational because it's you're not it's not like a picture of you. In yoga pants, not that you wear yoga pants, but it's yeah. like some influencers <laughs> in the space that I love. I mean, there, there's some lot of good people, yeah, but it's just constant down your throat, like marketing or selfies, or and it's more about them, I think, than it is about other people. And I and I get the impression that your channel and your content is more about kind of uh, advocating for the genre and then inspiring people to get outside. It's yeah. more others. And I think that's that's been since since I started my YouTube, it's been giving advice and tips to people. Uh, I started my channel actually as concealed carry tips. Mm-hmm. That was like, I got questions on Instagram all the time, appendix carry, clothing, this and that. And I didn't intend to make a YouTube channel or continue to make YouTube videos. But I was like, I can't answer them on Instagram. It was like before when Instagram was like 15 second clips. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm just going to do longer format YouTube videos just to answer these questions. Smart. So even from even from the the very beginning of my channel it was to give people tips and advice. Uh, and it's just spread to more preparedness and outdoors and gear and all that stuff. So yeah, ultimately I I do it for for other people. I mean through it i meet cool people like you like we might we might not have been friends if i didn't have youtube and instagram and kind of connected to social media so i like i like i like having relationships with companies and testing gear and doing all that but it's really all it's all about relationships yeah 
I think so. Yeah. I, I think you're doing a good job of that. I, I think we're talking about it today about people in this genre, which is call it survival, call it the blend. I kind of call it modern survival since the beginning mm-hmm. because it's just different and it's more modernized. But there's a whole bunch of different genres that fit into our demographic. But when I when I actually literally think about people in our, our space, nobody comes to mind, which is, I and I look for people in that same space. Mm-hmm. You get the bushcraft guys, which are very selective. They're very uh, narrow. Yeah. Um, you got the off-roaders who aggressively off-road, bouldering, et cetera. But you don't really have this blend hybrid. Yeah. Have you seen that at all? Not much, honestly. I mean, there's there's some gun guys with trucks. There's some gun guys with knives. There's some gun guys that are preppers, but not. I don't. I don't see a balanced blend as much. Nothing against any of those guys. Like I kind of understand it, uh, and it's a it's a challenge for me, and probably a similar challenge for you sometimes is b- finding the balance for blending the content. Um, because especially in the YouTube world, and I think in the Instagram world as well, people subscribe to a channel or a person either because they like that person, which is I think kind of the realm that I'm getting into, just I'm a person now and you can watch my videos. Uh, but a lot of times they subscribe to a channel because it's a certain topic that they are interested in. So if there's a gun guy that has no interest in trucks, they're gonna be very vocal on my channel I want to see gun stuff. I don't care about truck stuff. So finding that balance, I guess, is kind of tough. And I, I've recently just given up on it. I'm like, I'm a dude. Doing your I thing. I like guns. I like yeah. preparedness. I like the outdoors. You'll get some <laughs> a video yeah. once a week That's on a whatever it is I, I do that week. So it was, it was kind of hard for me for a while. I, I had conversations with, with my parents and my friends and kind of people that have supported supported me it's not like I do anything hard but people that have supported me mm-hmm. from the beginning kind of trying to balance last line of defense with trucks yeah <laughs> kind of and yeah, I mean yeah. I view like I see the connection I understand the preparedness connection but it's maybe it's a little abstract yeah it's but you're kind of redefined we talked about this too you're when you pioneer something because here's what I noticed, and and I know it's a a fact for you as well, that you kind of create, I hate to say this because you can't say this really without insulting somebody or making it seem bad, but it's like this emulation of like this avatar of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Because people who are growing up, who like when me and you were growing up, we had our idols, our mentors, our people who we aspired, aspired to be. But I feel like newer generations... Like, who are you going to be? Post Malone? Who are you going to be? You know, Beyonce? Like, what are your options in popular culture that kind of align you with your values? And so I see people becoming mini-me's, which I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I actually mean that in uh, in a a term of endearment. I'm a mini. I'm trying to be a mini. Well, you are. We are living parallel lives. You're like, if I didn't go in the military, I I would be you. If you went in the military, you'd be me. It's kind of like. I would hope. Well, your perspective is coming from, I talk about, this is a small digression, but I, I talk about how being a civilian is the most dangerous thing on the planet because you are in an unpredictable, semi-permissive environment that can become a worst case scenario in an instance. Mm-hmm. The military, even in, 
even in an insurgency, which is less predictable, allows you to forecast that it's unpredictable and allow your support mechanisms to support you even more with, uh, with anticipating that. Mm-hmm. Well, as a civilian, if you ignore the, you know, for lack of a better term, the insurgency that you face in life and civilian life, you're just going to get hit in the face with a brick or you're going to smash your car and have a, uh, you're going to have a traumatic bleed and bleed out of your lap. Like all these things are very dangerous in civilian life and it's harder to navigate. So you are formulating uh, content, ideas, thoughts, creativity to address those issues, which are so many. I'm just using a narrow perspective from the military side to apply what from that experience to that. You have to come from like a creative component from sometimes scratch to mm-hmm. go, hey, I live this lifestyle, so now I'm just gonna apply it. That's so much more difficult than me going, well, I did this in Yemen, so now I'll just, I'll just do it in the US. And sometimes it translates, but sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, interesting, interesting perspective. I mean, I, I probably think military service is still more dangerous than being a civilian, uh, but not always. Military service in some aspects is a lot easier. It you is. Have, you have orders, you have uh, commanding officers, and you, ha- you have people telling you what to do, whereas in civilian life, you're kind of navigating it by yourself. Not to say civilian life is so hard or anything like that, but there are some, there are some dif- differences for sure uh, that make some aspects of civilian life harder, uh, some aspects of military service obviously much harder as well. Um, but yeah, interesting perspective, actually. I haven't, haven't thought about it too much that way. I, I think what's cool about what you're doing is uh, pioneering a, a, a space or a genre that's really kind of vaguely defined right now, but which over time will become something very narrowly understood. Like people will go, I know exactly what that is. That's that thing. I even, th- I use, I, sometimes I try to get creative and think of what is the terminology that could be associated with this now? Is it prepped? Is it the prepared? Like, what is it going to be? Um, because five years is going to look very different. What do you, what do you think five years, this space, this lifestyle, cause it is a lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we live it, um, with the trucks, with the off-road preparation, uh, in recovery, with the med gear, with the survival, with the guns, what's it, what's it going to look like in five years? I don't know. I guess it depends a lot on <laughs> future politics mm-hmm. and, and what happens there. I think preparedness is always going to be a thing. Uh, it's hard to forecast because people have been thinking the world's going to end since the beginning mm-hmm. of Quite time. Decay. Yeah. So who, who knows if anything's going to happen. But I have a lot of good sources, and I'm sure you do too, that say we're living in some crazy times in America and the whole world, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think what 10 years ago people were speculating like prepping was more armageddon stuff mm. and now people are prepping for like hmm, a financial collapse actually is pretty plausible yeah so i don't know i what's it going to look like in five years i don't know but i think i would call myself and you too kind of a realistic prepper like not going crazy. Is that I don't, the word? Is that the coin thing? Are we naming it that? I'll go with it. If you just say I, it is, let's just go with one thing. I don't know. It's not that sexy. Yeah. I'll, have to, I'll have to think about it for a while. Uh, um, but it's interesting to think about what's, what, what's going to be like in five years or what people are going to be in the space. Because, I mean, there have been preppers forever. Well, talking about the future, can we talk about what we talked about 
today about the potential? Is that allowed? Ooh. Oh, yeah, no, it's fine. I've always been thinking about how to grow uh, my grow this other stuff. Yeah. My, I, have a, I have a holster business that I want to do more f- manufacturing in, and I have this YouTube channel, and part of the YouTube channel is creating content, even though I don't really like that word, the, that set of words, I guess, creating content or content. I don't like it. It's just taking pictures and making videos is how I think living your life doing that it's it's making content so I've throughout the whole process through my four or five years or whatever making YouTube videos I've worked uh, a job in web development um with my brother who I I like the job I love my brother and I'm hugely grateful to him he hasn't made you partner he's off he's kind of offered it a couple times yeah but I'm just I'm just an employee he owns the company and he's kind of offered partnership here and there uh, but both of us really want to do other, th- like the things that I've kind of paved a path forward potentially for both of us in an area that we both enjoy more. My brother is another, he's avid outdoorsman, hunter. He has a truck and a Jeep Wrangler. He, he's much like me, um, but he didn't pursue the YouTube kind of holster business route. Um, he started a web development company, which is great. And I like working with him and I work with my friends and it's a pretty, it's not a super stressful job and I enjoy it and it challenges my brain. Uh, but I kind of want to expand this other passion, I guess, of mine. And it's hard to do that with a full-time job. So we were talking about it a little bit um, because Mike's, Mike's carved that path after a after a career in the military and doing some other stuff, now you've started Fieldcraft Survival. And we were talking business, really. We were yeah. talking the, the ins and outs of, of how to grow this and how to manufacture that and supply chains mm-hmm. and working with other companies and distributor network, like all this kind of stuff that I have, I have an interest in with my own small company that I do mm-hmm. some of that with. Um, but I don't have the time or the energy. Uh, we were talking about you know only only so many hours in the day. I don't have the time or energy to invest as much of my energy or time into that while I'm having this other full time job. So it's I've been kicking around um, the idea of either like going to part time web development and like part time growing this other thing. So I don't know. I got I've talked. My brother knows about it. I've talked to him. So it's not like a, a secret. <laughs> like cats out of the bag or anything. We're just trying to figure out the best transition i guess so if people were listening to this or watching this and they were like interested what the next phase for you looks like because you know i think about when you have social capital like you have where people are invested in learning more because they're shaping potentially their behavior based off of you leading the way in preparedness off-road survival whatever it may be what does like day one look like as far as uh, setting ahead a path because you started out, like you said, holsters and uh, carry, last line of defense. And now you, you're going to continue to migrate. I'm assuming stay in your, uh, your, your niche that you're in now. But what does that look like as a, as a mission statement for your business? Yeah, I don't know. Because like you were kind of talking about, it's kind of intermingled my YouTube and my holster company and my manufacturing business. And I want to get into more manufacturing. Being a gear tester, being like... Mm-hmm having relationships with every company in the industries that I'm interested in and getting sent product and test this and beta test that and feedback for this. I'm in a unique space where I'm probably testing and hands-on and trying out real-world use of gear 
than most people out there. Mm. Um, so I think I'm in a pretty good place to start developing gear. Like you, you developed some gear as well. So I kind of want to get a little more into manufacturing and building out. So that's where my holster company started. I saw all the holsters sucked and I was like, I can probably make a holster. Can't be that hard. And I made a holster for myself and then people wanted to buy it and I started a holster company. So I see much like that where I find areas that could be improved and improving them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think ideally I'm going to get a little more into the manufacturing side of things. It's fun. CAD and CNC and designing product and all that stuff is uh, fun for me. So it's something I enjoy and something I'd like to do more of. But also YouTube. Like I said, I've been doing the bare minimum of YouTube. I've been doing less than the bare minimum of YouTube the first two or three years I was doing YouTube. And the last two years I've been doing it, I've been really almost religiously trying to do at least one video a week. Mm-hmm. And I, I failed quite a few times, but I've been shooting for that. But that's still like in the YouTube world, it's kind of the bare minimum. And my production quality on videos could be better. I could get more B-roll. I could do more of this. I could do more of that, and I don't. So I think the the future of, of, of me or Last Line of Defense is just hopefully more cool products and higher production quality, more, more videos in, in this space and kind of trying to manage those things. Yeah. Don't have much more than that. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, you're, well, what's crazy is you already do it and you do it part time. So imagine for the end users, what they're going to experience when you put and commit all your time. Yeah. Hopefully better. Yeah. Hopefully. Oh, it's going to be better. Yeah. Hopefully. And it'll open up more, more opportunities for me. So right now, just like everyone else, I'm limited by a Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. nine to five job. I have a certain number of PTO days. I, I have, there's so many of, even if I just went to like conventions, the major conventions for the multiple industries I'm in, I would need like a hundred PTO days a year yeah. just to do those yep. outside of like, Oh, I want to take a week and go to Moab or I want to go to Telluride for four days or whatever. So I'm never able to do all the things I want to do. I'm either turning down trips with people, turning down events. I I get invited out to a lot of like invitation only training with this person and this event or that release. A lot of stuff I'd love to go to and can't just because I don't have the time for it. So I think it'll open up a lot of opportunities. It'll, It'll increase my personal life joy, I think, for being able to have more experiences. So. Yeah, I think what's cool about you, like you said, with equipment, and I experienced this in the military with uh, T&E and R&D and equipment for companies, is, yeah, you're doing all this work, and, I mean, it's it's valuable work that's needed for the textile, but because you are the end user, you have all the institutional knowledge that these places want. Because what, I typ- what you typically don't see in, let's say, nylon, for example, is the guys who make nylon, even the engineers who do the CAD designs and cut it, they don't really live the lifestyle for the end user that's going to use the equipment. It's, mm-hmm. it's rare for some reason, but because you live it and you're able to act as a consultant for companies, now, like when the, to the flash to bang, that time delay, you can go, I want to create this. I'm going to, you know, from a concept to the ex- execution of manufacturing uh, or even to the direct sell to consumers, you could do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's part of the passion and a, one of the visions that I originally had was 
if I can go into an office with an idea and create that idea into an executable product, then I've accomplished something significant because mm-hmm. we're operating at the, at the speed of ideas as opposed to the speed of in- industry, which in- industry as a whole is super slow. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what it's really needed is for guys like you who do live the lifestyle to be able to implement those products to the end users. And I think people get that. Yeah, which is why you're doing doing well with Fieldcraft Survival and, okay, and kind of the, the products you're making and the stuff you do. Uh, the main differentiator, I guess, being that um, you do the training aspect. Yeah. And I don't, I don't do any of that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, what you're doing is great. Yeah, if I, could, if I could model my life and, you know, five years out, be Fieldcraft Survival, yeah. that'd be awesome. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of a similar, similar goal. I wouldn't say an end goal, but like a, a mid, mid goal. It's right there. And I've, I've been asked like, people were like, why, why are you promoting Mike's stuff? Isn't your competitor? Uh, and, and we had a little conversation about this, but I don't believe that, especially in a, a space like we're in, that you should look at anybody as a competitor. Instead, you should look at them as a partner mm-hmm. because, there's so much room to operate. There's so much real estate to take advantage of. Um, and to do it alone, desolate, just like in survival, operating without a network, you're not going to survive very long. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it. I've seen dude, since the beginning. I mean, this is my fourth year. Since the beginning, I've seen 50 businesses in kind of that try to try to do the same thing or similar mm-hmm. or even the tactical businesses come up and then fall apart. Mm. And I don't, I don't know what that is, whether it's bad decision-making or just the lack of commitment or maybe a combination of a whole bunch of different things. But I think, um, you know, being in the same genre with different goals and objectives mm-hmm. is, is a benefit. Yeah. I think it's good. I mean, ma- making enemies is, I, I don't, yeah. I don't believe in making enemies and I don't, I don't believe that, um, people are necessarily, competitors even in the direct even when my holster company is kind of it's primarily a holster company i'm friends with several other holster company owners mm-hmm. um, and i'm not unique in that regard there's a lot of holster company owners that are friends with others and they're sharing ideas and bouncing ideas back and forth and sharing manufacturing mm-hmm. tips and stuff and i think that's healthy i think that's good because uh, whenever i talk to people that are in competing competing businesses in the same market, a good company will say something along the lines of there's, there's plenty of pie to share, to share pieces. I don't know. There's there's some kind of expression that I'm too dumb to to know (laughs) off the top of my head, but plenty of pieces of pie to go around. Basically. Um, that's the, that's the idea of it. Mm -hmm. And I agree with that. Yeah. You're kind of a competitor in Mm -hmm. me, but I, you're more of a, I mean, you're more of a friend at this point, but yeah. like a, a colleague and, and somebody to bounce ideas off of and and somebody to collaborate yeah. with, Mutually stuff support. like this. I think that's, more, that's the most important. I, I like the genre because it's so in-depth and comprehensive that consumer options are pretty important for people. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's a black multi-cam mobility hat from Philcraft or a last line of defense multi-cam hat, like the having options i i like that mm-hmm. i want two hats sitting on you know the dashboard of my truck depending on how i'm feeling versus you know i want two different holster options mm-hmm. two different bag options like 
I'm I'm a gear geek too. And like what you're um, saying with like Netflix, you run out of run out of content. Absolutely. So you want to get on Instagram, or you want to get on YouTube, and you want to follow some people in similar fields. If I'm the only one doing that kind of stuff, you're gonna run out of content quick. Yeah. So it's good to have other people um, in the field. And I also think it expands, um, especially if we're friends. I've I'm sure I've introduced a ton of people to fieldcraft survival that had no idea, and, mm-hmm. and vice versa. You've introduced yep. people to last line of defense that that had no idea so i yeah i I get that sometimes you know like why are you promoting your whatever like i have a buddy qvo qvo tactical Mm -hmm. he i have a coupon code with his site Mm -hmm. if i don't make a product or something that he makes i think is better i'll say hey go check out my buddy's company and i got a coupon code over there too if you want to so and and yeah I, i i think i just think partnerships and, and friendships are healthy yeah. in that regard. I, I, that's the coolest thing I think about our genre is there's not, I mean, there's not a lot of people in it, especially companies in it, but there's a more, like I, I've always talked about the fringe. Like I don't like the left and right fringe of anything. I mean, it could be whatever, your local militia. Um, I like moderate, I like moderation, I like balance. Mm-hmm. And so you have a, a, a level-minded individual or person that's open-minded to tactics, to different ways of doing things. And then we could be conduits to kind of deliver the best products, the best training, et cetera, to the end user. Because like you said, I don't have, Philcraft is not a resource, just like Last Line of Defense is not a resource for the end-all be-all because this genre is so comprehensive. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to, look at the best companies that offer the best equipment and then make a recommendation based on the experience, mm-hmm. uh, which is super cool. You, you're doing YouTube content and you've been doing more of overlanding and less guns. A little bit. Yeah. Yep. And so are you going to concentrate in the future more on uh, the mobility and overlanding stuff versus the guns or is the guns going to make a resurgence or what do you think? I don't think the guns are necessarily going to make a resurgence. And I don't know that I'm producing less gun content in general. I'm just producing more content overall. Um, so therefore, I'm filling in the spaces between previously I'd do a video every two months and, you know, one of those would be a gun video. That mm-hmm. means 50% of my content was gun video by mm-hmm. default. Now I'm doing more videos, um, which just filling in more stuff. And honestly, it's kind of funny i've talked to you a little bit about this and and a lot of other like hardcore on social media gun guys and you know i'll get together with them and hang out and i'm like you want to go shooting they're like eh, <laughs> really? Not, not really yeah i mean why would yeah. i i mean they're like oh you want to see this gun I'm like oh it's cool cool yeah. gun but i don't really care it's and these are like you know as far as social media is concerned these are the people that are gun nuts yeah. or whatever um and the reality is it's not healthy to be consumed by a single thing and guns to me. I really love the training aspect of guns. I I, like, I always have, I I like gear, which is funny. Like I like nice guns, but as far as my interest level, I can see a nice gun and hold it. And um, that's cool. I saw it and put it away. Mm -hmm. I mean, I carry a gun every day. So that's, that's a gun I see and interact with every day. But as far as like my interest in guns, it's more training related than it is like, Here's this new gun that does the same thing that every other gun before it has done. Yeah. You just get a Glock. Here's another You're guy that we talk about this gun for an <laughs> You're hour. You're good to go. Yeah. So early on, it was like I had an Instagram page and I took pictures of guns because 
is kind of what I was into for a week. And then I felt like I needed to take more pictures of guns and I needed to get guns out of the safe and put them on the ground and take a picture. And then I needed to get a gun Cerakoted in a different color. And then I needed to get this new slide mill that this some some slide milling company did and I got to get that because I got to post a new picture of the gun and that is just exhausting and it's boring to me so mm -hmm. it's not that I'm any less into guns it's not that I'm any less into training it's not that I'm any less into self-defense it's just the content that I enjoy creating isn't primarily gun content filming gun videos is a pain in the butt Hey, they got to get a friend that's got to track me around. They got to stay, you know, behind the muzzle or people will go crazy or I got to set up a tripod. And that means my training regimen is dictated to me being in frame of the camera on the tripod. And then I realize that I don't get any actual training done mm -hmm. because I'm worried about filming that perfect content. or Oh, that wasn't in frame. Now I got to reload a mag and do that sequence again. And the training aspect of guns was just kind of a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of work. I can naturally like vlog, vlog an overlanding trip and it's easy and it's fun and I don't have to go too crazy with it. Uh, but, but training gun videos are tough and also my training gun videos are kind of kind of boring i did some cool stuff like with travis haley this d7 virtual reality thing and you know like had some personal time with travis and all this stuff and it's like one of my least performant videos ever i went to direct action resource center which is typically not a place that civilians can go uh, shoot house simunitions night vision training survival everything did that video like some of the funnest training i've done nobody watched that video so what do you it think was, that it, what do you, cause is it because your demographic is the weekend overlander? No, I think it's that this is going to offend a lot of people. People burned out. This is going to No, 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 no. They're not. Oh, okay. Gun, guns are guns are huge. Yeah. If I I was if I just did guns, my channel would probably be twice as big. Guns mm -hmm. are, there's a way bigger market in the gun world than there is in the over, the overlanding world's relatively relatively small. So. Yeah, and and the gun world's huge. So it's not that it's not performant. It's just that my interest in guns was different. Like if you take all of the gun owners in the world and that's a hundred, hundred percent, the percentage that's interested in training is like 3%. Mm -hmm. The other 97% just wants to see cool guns, mm -hmm. which is not what I was interested in. So I had an interest in creating training videos that nobody else was interested in watching. So then I could just make gun videos like, this is the new AR-15 by such and such company. And those are the videos that people want to watch, but they're not videos that I'm really interested mm. in making. So it Wait, was... Back to the... Was there an offensive part of this? Because I didn't hear anything offensive. Oh, no. Well, I was going to... That 3% training part, I was going to be more offensive with the 97% of yeah. people. Yeah. Just fuds that don't actually shoot their guns they yeah. want to collect them but they'll they, troll you in a heartbeat <laughs> they will troll yeah i mean they got more time to be on the the keyboard um so it was a and it's tough to articulate my transition and it's not that i've transitioned away from guns i get i get hate emails like oh are you anti-gun now and blah 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 i, was I like, got that recently it's fun i'm like bro i i i run a holster company my business is mm -hmm. guns. It's just, -gun. yeah. <laughs> don't jump on that bandwagon. And Tim Kennedy got it. He said, he did say something that I don't agree with, but I don't think he agreed with it either. He just might have missaid it and has since thus tried to recover. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they so, just keep going after him yeah, like, aggressively. Yeah. And like, but he's a, 
and I get it. He's Green Beret. Doesn't mean he's not. He doesn't have to be anti-gun if he's an SF guy. But it's like, man, he's come out and adamantly said, "Okay, th- this is my stance," and they're just cutthroat about. I had I got one yesterday from a guy who said that because I want the Ruger Mini 14 to be an option for Californians or people who are considering um, getting an alternative to if AR-15s become illegal to purchase, that you could still modify a Ruger Mini 14 and make it uh, M4. Mm-hmm. It's just a slight modification. It's a, it's a, it's a M14 um, cycle of operation, which is a, uh, a rolling receiver, a rolling bolt. And you could pick a tinny rail the hell out of it in the same caliber. Mm-hmm. And people were like, you're selling out, man. You're anti-gun. And I'm like, that's interesting, man, because I do everything with guns. But okay, I guess I am. How yeah. do you deal with, you were talking about YouTube haters, like the, the people who just troll the accounts. Do you have a tactic to deal with that? I mean, are you delete block? Are you no. engaging them? No, I spend about an hour a night and just kind of get a good cry. And no, I don't. Uh, I, it, people can disagree all they want. Like I, I don't have. I don't really have a problem with like personal attacks or whatever. Mm. But I have a really hard problem, and this was before YouTube. It's been my whole life with either false accusation or dissemination of of false information. Mm. There's things that are fact, like. I made a video like why I carry a Glock 19 or something. And obviously that's going to be controversial mm-hmm. because everybody loves their XDs or everybody loves their SIGs or that's a plastic piece of crap or blah, 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 blah. So when I make a video like Glocks are the gold standard by which every other gun is judged. Somebody in the know would never argue that statement. Mm-hmm. It's like, obviously... It new is. gun comes out, it gets compared to a Glock every yeah, time. Yeah. I said that in a video, and I got at least a dozen comments. Nobody compares to a Glock. Those are old technology. Those are pieces of crap. Or what? nobody compares them to a Glock. I would never carry something that's plastic Tupperware. Or nobody. Everyone compares everything to a 1911. What are you? T- and I'm just like, what, bro? <laughs> Get out of your basement. <laughs> what are you talking about? So when it's like comments that are just like factually wrong. And I worry that other people will read those comments and think that that person is right. Those are the comments that I have a hard time with. That's a good point. Because I'm like, you're wrong. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with you on the internet because it's pointless. Yeah. I made a video very clearly articulating why you're wrong, but you still come to to argue facts, which is tough. Um, so I have a hard time with that. For people that are just hating to hate, uh, I think about it um, in this way. I feel bad for them because I'm like, would you ever, like, I can't think of a personal friend or a single successful person that would sit at a computer watching a stranger and feel the need to waste their time watching something they clearly don't like, Mm -hmm. continuing to watch it, usually watching multiple videos, probably subscribing and then getting on that notification squad so they can comment right away. (laughs) I can never think of a successful, happy person following along with another person that they hate, wasting their time to think up some kind of mean thing Mm -hmm. to hopefully be able to hurt this clearly probably successful person by typing out a comment to them. Mm -hmm. So when I go through that thought process, I'm like, this poor individual. Sad. And I feel feel bad for Mm -hmm. them. Sometimes what they say is just like, 
so mean that I don't feel bad for them because I'm just like, that guy's a dick. Yeah. But I still ultimately, I feel bad for him. Could you imagine your life? I would never do that. But could you imagine how bad, and I hope this doesn't make anybody like suicidal or something. But like, can you imagine how bad your life must be to waste that kind of time and energy and effort typing something out on a keyboard to a person that you'll That's never rude meet. and yeah and I, I mean i try i try not to say anything if if i don't like something i see plenty of stuff on the internet yeah. and you know what i do i scroll right past yeah. it yeah click next but take the time to do it is deliberately taking the time to do it. it's completely different yeah it's yeah well, well yeah that's what i'm saying like i'm not going to subscribe to somebody that i hate mm-hmm. i'm not going to watch multiple videos of somebody that i hate i'm just going to say I don't like then. Yeah. Move on with my life to somebody. And if somebody doesn't like me, totally cool. There's mm-hmm. plenty of people in the world that I don't like either. But you don't really need to waste your... I mean, you probably, you probably got better stuff to do than waste your time. That, that guy who commented to me did it on his story. And then I just went... Because I don't, I don't engage, obviously, with those people. Mm-hmm. So I just went to block them and unfollow them. Mm-hmm. And I realized he followed all of our accounts. And I'm like, dude... If you don't like us, you don't have to follow us and don't, don't track us. Cause, cause now I'm thinking like, it's like a, I'm perpetuating a really bad situation and making it worse because now I'm feeding him what he wants. Yeah. They, so, they say like, I don't think anybody understands a troll. They say they do it because they feed off of the attention that they get yeah, yeah. from, but I'm like, is that possibly true? Mm-hmm. Like, are there that many people with like serious mental problems, like serious <laughs> mental serious. problems that yeah. like get a rise off of yeah. pissing somebody off on the internet? Well, like, they're those guys. I, I'm assuming they're the same guys who like do stuff in bars, do stuff in public, just say obnoxious stuff in your family, like ruin Thanksgiving dinner. But you see, the thing is like with that, I almost understand that because mm-hmm. there is, there's some adrenaline. Yeah. Some there's some charged. risk of getting socked in the face there's some you can see somebody visibly getting upset if that's what you get a rise out of but through the internet it's that sentence when you hit enter and you smash it so hard i kind of wonder i really wish like in the future i hope one day like they will be like a live video feed of every comment so i can see what that person was looking like when they're so when somebody like leaves like a really hateful comment i want to know if they're like that's, I would enjoy that. That's going to get him. Yeah, I'm going to get him so good. That's going to get the him. The scary ones is like the dude in the basement who's like, yeah. this guy's going to, I'm going to get this guy. I get freaked out a little bit because I'll usually, and I shouldn't, I'll entertain trolls sometimes. Mm-hmm. or just like, it's fun. Sometimes, you know, type out a, a, a logical response as to why they're wrong about this or that. Or a lot of times lately, I just LOL them. Yeah. They'll like set like, wait, like a paragraph, like visible, like very steamy and I'll just, lol they hate that yeah and i hope they do but at the same time i'm like i hope none of these people are like legit psychotic i think there's a there's got to be those guys in that category that a large percentage of them are those guys they have to be which which is horrible yeah um let's go let's go into questions yeah let's do some questions i got a ton of questions and uh asked about you on my story because i said hey i'm interviewing Last line of defense, if you guys got questions, 
please ask, and people blew my stuff up. 4,000 people saw that, and a crap Some ton questions. of people asked the questions. Okay. Um, yeah. So let's start off with just one by one. Uh, in your combined experiences, is the Keltech RDB a solid platform? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't actually have any experience with them. But a, a quick answer, I think Keltech makes really cool, innovative products. Mm -hmm. They just um, historically haven't had great QC. Mm, I agree. I'm just going to go with I agree on that. Yeah, yeah. Is he a distant, is Mike Pfeiffer a distant relative of Mikey G? You could be long lost cousins. Have you ever done 23 and Me? No. Do you should do that. Should I? I did something similar for my dog, but have never done it for myself. <laughs> He's a rescue, and I wanted Korean. to know what breed he was. <laughs> Hope he's not half Korean. Um, so I did it. I'm Originally, it was like 30-something percent Korean, and the rest Japanese. Mm. But the more people who get introduced to the pool, the more it refines your DNA. Okay. And now it's like 53% Korean. Oh. I'm like... I can't be 53% Korean. My mom is Korean. My dad's a like Norwegian dude. He must like, have, there must be some Korean oh, on that man. Norwegian side way back it could somewhere. Be. It could be. Um, everything about doing a long overland trip like the mobility challenge. Everything about doing a long overland. Dude. Okay. Where, where are you at on that? What do you think about doing uh, challenges for part of your content? I'd love to. Um I'd love to do that stuff. I'm interested in that stuff. And I do kind of some light stuff. I've done some like get home bag testing and some survival tests just personally, mm. just of my own accord. Um, some of that stuff becomes burdensome trying to film it and yeah. document it. But longer trips, yeah. I remember a while back actually before we knew each other well, uh, I think Travis Hess maybe was talking about you guys thinking about doing some kind of Alaska trip mm -hmm. and I was like, that would be awesome. I'd love to do that, but I can't because I got a job. Mm. But if my time frees up, I'm definitely interested in doing doing some longer term, some tests and some that, challenges man. and we stuff. We should collab on some stuff too. Like I thought about the, I just did a post on it today, like the one piece of equipment that you would do uh, or that you would carry in the woods. And I pick a hatchet because it's steel. You can crush, you could do, you could pry, you could cut. And actually filming like a 72-hour excursion in the wood line. Mm -hmm. uh, What's it called? AMR? Like AMR style. Ooh, like crunches. You're just whispering. Crunch, yeah. Crunching pine needles. <laughs> that's what that's what people people love that stuff. They the bushcraft stuff like rarely has music to it. It's just it gets the millions sounds of, of nature. And it's people fun. Love it. I and love I, it. I watch it myself. I do too. I was like, man, I just watched an hour of this dude just kind of like walking <laughs> through the woods and a making a fire. <laughs> I love it, man. It, I get why people like it, oh, but man. I like it too. People ask me, they're like, you need to cut this music out of your videos, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm just like, Dude, if I cut the music out of the videos, it would be me and Ash talking about random stuff, <laughs> listening to music on the radio, <laughs> farting. I, I don't know. Like it would. It's not like a solo guy out in the wilderness. It's not the same. Like yeah. a camping trip. Yeah. Either I would have to greatly alter my camping trip to be soundless and nothing else. The copyrights and. But I'm like, music. I'm out here having fun. Yeah. So usually most of the clips I have have something I shouldn't put in a video. Yeah. You gotta so, do background music. Yeah. Uh, what's the best way to sharpen a hatchet or axe? I notice at your house you do chopping of the wood. Um, what's the, what is the technique that you use to sharpen your axe? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of YouTube videos about it, but, uh, I don't, I don't mess up 
I have some like junk axes. Mm-hmm. I have like a set of junk axes that I just put on on a grinding wheel or like my belt sander that I use for holsters mm-hmm. and just get a dirty edge on it. Mm. Just just like those are my tools that I don't even want to waste because I don't have a lot of time. Yeah. I don't have time. You, people could spend hours sharpening a single yeah. single hatchet to shave with. I don't care about that. Mm. So for, for my lighter duty axes that I'm really trying not to chip and stuff, I'll just use um, usually a Lans- Lansky's puck mm-hmm. and then I have like a Japanese whetstone. Mm-hmm. That's what I have to. Have that those. I'll do some of that Both stuff, of but yeah, I don't nerd out too much on sharpening, honestly. Like none of my stuff is shaving sharp. Yeah, I don't have that kind of patience my or stuff time. It's pretty grimy. Like my hatchet and the, the truck, same way. It's super grimy. Mm. I like it that way. Yeah. Um, daily carry. We haven't really covered that. What What is your daily ca- carry in full? Like the gun, the mods if you have them the mag capacity the base plate the holster etc what do you got yeah i typically it's getting chilly out i typically carry a glock 19 uh it's armored has some front slide serrations uh with a backup 17 round mag uh so that's my gun and i carry multi-tool leatherman skeletal yep uh carry a flashlight and i kind of bounce around between carrying a weapon light on my gun and carrying like a tactical flashlight in my pocket. There's obviously pros and cons mm-hmm. to both. People could argue one way or the other till they're blue in the face. Um, and while I personally kind of am in agreement of having a handheld separate from the pistol, I do have a pistol weapon light. They're so small these days mm-hmm. and light that you can put one on the gun without yeah. having to Why worry not have about both, it. both, right? Yeah. yeah. Which does free me up for a flashlight um, that I can just use for flashlight stuff i like that that's pretty much it what what was the uh the light that you carry the the handheld oh i carry typically an olight um s2r baton and really it's right here i carry it for one main reason and that's this magnet Mm -hmm. so since i do a lot of vehicular stuff work on my truck camping whatever so much metal on a truck. This is just my light, everything. You totally like, like stick that. it on my hood, stick it in my truck bed, stick it here, stick it there. So just this little having a magnet on the end is a game changer for the flashlight world. That's for smart. me. And what was the, the make again? It's Olight. Olight. S2 Arbiton 2. S2 Arbiton. Long name. Um, what is Mike's favorite vehicle he owns and, or would like to own? Um, What's yours? What? Oh, this is your mic. Your mic. Maybe. Well, mine's mine's an FJ40. That's your favorite. Well, currently, right now, it is. I mean, all my rigs have specific kind of uses. Mm -hmm. The one that I've had the longest that I have that I will never sell that I'll give to my son is uh, the '99 Sahara Jeep Wrangler. Mm -hmm. That's what I started off roading in in North Carolina, and then uh, my FJ40 is my favorite rig currently. The one that I want is a Porsche Rally Safari, um, like off-road vehicle, because they're really good for the 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 oversteer on them transitions the power through curves. And I went to one of the funnest training I ever did in the military was Rally Race Car School, and I went to the course to learn, and then I went to the instructor course to teach people how to rally race, because that was my. What vehicles did you use there? Uh, we use Subaru WRXs, Ford Focuses, and then we went through a series of cor- courses that. Uh, used uh, Audi A4s, um, uh, front-wheel drive, crappy cars. I can't remember the name of the car. 
and then rear-wheel drive BMWs. Okay. So you could know the transition of power. Mm -hmm. But those Porsches are perfect for it, man. With a rack, with a spare tire carrier. With I all see the people putting rooftop tents on them and stuff now. Tents, dude. <laughs> They're cool. Uh, what about you? What's your, fa what's your favorite current vehicle? Because I know you got a couple. And then what's the vehicle that you want? Uh, and let's talk about your LC a little bit. Yeah, so my 80 series Land Cruiser is one that I've wanted for for a while. It's kind of modern enough to not feel antiquated, but still kind of has the classy vibe. Like it's a car that I just feel classier in for some reason or another. I mean, it, it's a luxury SUV technically, but there's something about it where I'm just like, I could see myself growing old in that thing. Mm. That's kind of why I bought it. Obviously, they're legendary, great capabilities, solid axles, bomb-proof. Um, so I like the 80 a lot. Having said that, when I drive the 80 and then I go back to driving my Tacoma, I'm like, this Tacoma's so much nicer. Yeah. <laughs> so it's much nicer. It drives yeah. noise. <laughs> yeah, it's like plenty fast, and there's there's stuff I could do to the 80 to make it faster, but I'm just like, the modern conveniences, the power, the, mm -hmm. and the Tacoma is not even powerful, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like compared to my Land Cruiser, yeah, it feels slow, man. quite peppy. Um, what's the one that you want? What's the one, like if you could have, if you could have one overland rig right now, what would it be? If I could have any rig and money was no object, um, and unfortunately this is kind of cliche, but probably a Defender 110. Mm, me too. I like them. I love them. I don't really want one yeah. because I hear they're just horrible <laughs> yeah the newer ones the td td5s and above mm -hmm. are just better more reliable mm. but just oh man they're so nostalgic man yeah so there's something i love a like my tacoma i can take and if i'm not doing crazy jumps or doing anything crazy i am v quite certain that i will make it home without having to fix anything yeah and you can't say that about some of these older vehicles mm -hmm. like yeah some people are like oh i've turned every every nut and bolt on this thing it's reliable as it's a 30 year old vehicle dude yeah ain't nothing reliable nothing at all man but yeah so there's there's pros and cons but yeah probably like defender one your time. fj 80 is in the shop right now getting paint right it's getting painted yep what color what color are you going for paint i'm going for a brown like doo doo brown, or are we talking about like opal like a, brown? Like, like a doo doo, like a doo doo brown kind of. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of getting my license plate customized and naming it Poopy. <laughs> but I don't know something about Land Cruisers and brown paint. Uh, typically, they're on the FJ sixties. Yeah, there's a lot of sixties that are that brown. And those are awesome. That color is. Really and I cool. like it. And I'm going just a little bit darker than that kind of factory FJ eighty brown. Yeah. Because I've never seen an or FJ sixty brown. I've never seen a an eighty. In yeah. brown. There's probably one out there, but yeah. I haven't seen it. And maybe it's a reason. Maybe it'll look crappy, but I don't we'll know. We'll see. Time will tell because the thing's coming out of the shop soon, huh? Yeah, days. well, I just dropped it off. I think it's like up to two weeks, Ooh, okay. so it'll be a bit. Uh, favorite gun setup? Like, out of all any gun setup that you could have or that you have, what is that set setup and uh, why? Is that your favorite? Mm, probably just my carry gun, RMR Glock 19, mm. just because it's... I'm comfortable with it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's big enough to get me through the end of the world. Small enough to carry every day. Though I have recently because I just I just um, started offering holsters for the 43x and the 48. I test all my holsters that I come out with for for a while. So I've been carrying a Glock 48, and I'm like, 
That's pretty nice. Mm. <laughs> Getting used to it. It's pretty comfy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even notice it's Ergonomically, it's, it's feels so good thin. in my hand, though. Like, I don't have massive hands. Yeah. I have, like, average, mechanics size large, pretty yeah, average yeah. hands. And it's, like, it's good. I like Perfect. it. Yeah. Hmm. But, yeah, probably Glock, Glock 19. So this guy's an entry to ham radio. A Beofeng UV5R or a UV82? I think the 82 is the newer, more powerful one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more expensive, but it's better. Yeah. The it's I I think and I could be wrong. I you know I don't nerd out too much about it, but I think the 82 like they they upped it to like seven or eight watts from the original original one, which was five watts. But it's kind of there's different there's different like editions or models or yeah. series or whatever. But I think the 82 is the Go newer, with the better 82. one. Yeah. Uh, ask last line of defense about his workout routine and being in shape. How do you both stay in shape? Yeah, I, I don't work as hard as people probably think I do, honestly. Um, Genetics. But I, some of it's genetic, some of it's consistency. Probably Mm -hmm. most of it is consistency. In college, I started working out and I was like a, a meathead for about a year. So lifting a lot, eating lots of protein, lifting heavy. And I think it does, like the younger you are, that permanently modifies your body. Um, getting muscular yeah. permanently changes your physique. If does, I never yeah. lifted another day in my life, I would still look more to- fit, like muscular, than a dude that has never worked out. Yeah. Um, so that helps. And then I've just, since then, I've had phases of on and off. But typically I work out two to three days a week. But I do compound lifts and I lift heavy. Like I want to be, I walk in there and I want to lift more weight than anybody else in there. And that's kind of my goal. Mm-hmm. So lifting heavy mm-hmm. and being consistent. Awesome. What's your diet like? <laughs> <laughs> Not good. I mean, I, I don't drink soda. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't eat but a lot eat of. you what you wanted to eat. What you I eat, eat whatever I want to eat and I have plenty of room to be healthier okay yeah but it's another one of those genetics things where yeah it'll probably catch up to me for sure mm-hmm. but right now like i go to the doctor and they're like wow you're good you are you must eat healthy and i'm like you just crushed a donut for you yes. <laughs> <laughs> um how did you take an idea and turn it into a, a business uh, and how have you overcame the feeling of being overwhelmed yeah i mean probably a question that you could answer better than better than me but if they're looking for my take on it uh i i try to live a pretty stress-free life um i remove stressors from my life probably one of the reasons i'm healthy mm-hmm. uh so i don't feel overwhelmed that often like what is an example of removing stressors from your life like if you have a toxic person do you just shit can them from your life like what, what do you mean by that yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're if you're stressful and you're not going to change and become a better person, then I'm not going to associate with you. Mm. But if I stress about stuff, like if if I find myself obsessing over, this isn't a real example. Well, it kind of is because I kind of like shoes and boots. But if I find myself obsessing over something, then I'll just try to kind of cut it out and mm. be like, I don't need that. I don't need that extra stress in my life. I try to like my wardrobe what, what like what i wear um and this helps because i have a, I have a girlfriend that loves me no matter what i just grab whatever pair of pants are on top and whatever shirt is next in line off the hanger don't think about it just put Ooh. it on that's a good um, behavioral tactic in life yeah so you're not consistently trying to 
look at yourself and judge what you're going to look good in. You're just, you're like yeah. a Smurf. So many people waste so much time trying yeah. to figure out what they're going to do. Hours. Um, <laughs> and it's really successful people. Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, all of these people, like Steve Jobs owned the same jeans and the same black turtleneck or whatever. Yeah. And that's what he wore. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg, same deal. And they, they both say, well, we do this because anywhere that we can reduce options or choices or stressors, do it. Like that. And that makes your life less stressful. So things like that. Mm. But as far as starting a business, just decide what you want to do and do it. It's not. Execute it. Yeah. How do you get rid of, uh, how do you eliminate the overwhelming feeling of anxiety? Like if you're getting overwhelmed, what do you do? Do you have a reset button? Do you hit nature? Do you hit the gun? Do you hit, what do you do? No good answer for that, really. I don't. I just don't get overwhelmed that often. If I feel myself trying to do too much or take on too much, then I just tone tone back what I'm doing. It's probably why I'll never be ultra successful. It's probably why I'll never write an entrepreneurial book. Yeah. Because I do things at whatever speed is just under what feels uncomfortable, which is a key to failure, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I am always pushing myself to be more efficient and to be productive yeah. like if i have a day that goes by like even like a saturday and i haven't checked off oh i do to-do lists mm -hmm. so if i haven't checked off something or a couple things off my to-do list then well that doesn't happen because i always check things off of my to-do list yeah. so i'm always trying to be productive well that efficiency too is like what allows you to be successful in survival because it's all about optimization and getting hitting the red line or overwhelming yourself or even expending too many calories is a good indicator that you're not going to be successful in survival. Yeah. Like and I think, I think efficiency is underrated. Yeah. What is overrated, I think, is hard work. Mm -hmm. Every entrepreneur, hard work, every entrepreneur, 20-hour yeah. days, every entrepreneur, no, never no sleep. sleep. Yeah. Every entrepreneur, try harder than the other person. You and it ain't true. 100%. You could... Yeah. You could try hard at building a business by digging a hole in your backyard and you'll never have a business. You'll just have a big hole in your backyard. So, so true. you need to, that was a weird analogy, but you just need to be yeah. efficient. So I, I try to, I try to work on efficiency. I like that. Uh, what can civilians do to help serve the community if they weren't able to join the service? There's a lot of stuff, um, to being a patriot, uh, and just being a good person in general. Uh, I don't know if this is geared more at the social media aspect or just life, but if you see trash, pick it up. If you mm -hmm. see someone that needs a hand, help them out. If, I mean, there's plenty you can do to, to help people out and just be a better person. Be an asset to society. Yeah. Yeah, don't be a drain. Um, last question. Most underutilized component of overlanding, in your opinion? Underutilized? Yeah. What's, so what's, I guess the reframing of that is like, what piece of equipment do you use the most, but it's never really communicated to, to use it? Everyone wants a winch, but nobody uses a winch. <laughs> yeah, people don't use them that much. I use them to like move boulders around my property. Quite That's a bit. it. The un, under, underutilized? Yeah. Underutilized. Um, what do you use the most in overlanding? Like when you go out, like what one piece of equipment are you constantly using? You're like, man, the utility in this is amazing. An underutilized product as it pertains, I'm getting kind of cold right now and it kind of jog jogged my memory, is an electric blanket. 
Really? <laughs> so is that I, gold? It's gold. If you camp in the winter, and I get yeah. flack for it sometimes, you're like, you're using an electric blanket. I could sleep out there in my underwear. And I'm like, cool, bro, do, do it. Do that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be comfortable with my electric blanket. It doesn't affect me at all, but if I can go camping uh, long, you know, not necessarily a hard day, but I'm out on the trail, I'm doing stuff, building camp, cooking food, making fire, whatever, I just want to sleep comfortably. Yeah. And I sleep personally i see way better in my bed at home full-size pillow and mattress and everything i don't sleep good in any tent so if i can anything i can do to improve my sleep while i'm out camping Mm -hmm. i'll do and when it's zero degrees outside just pop on a little heated sleeping bag i usually use a heated throw yeah and uh is that a cigarette lighter adapter they sell cigarette lighter ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. or, or plug-in ones. I have like a little battery or an inverter that I use. And all you got to do is preheat. So while you're brushing your teeth, you turn it on, and then you hop, and you hop into Ooh, a warm bed. Warm fart sack. Those are the best. I mean, it's a game changer, honestly. Mm. I don't know why I don't have one of those. I, I've frozen my ass off it in Yellowstone and Wyoming and Montana for really nothing. Moderns to get get with the program, man. I know. And just because the question was geared at overlanding, you know, yeah. got to be Gucci, so I got to throw that electric blanket in there. Blanket if it was off roading or bushcrafting, I'd have a different answer. It's so for when you're in the mall parking lot, you could be comfortable in the parking lot when it's cold outside. For sure, comes. yeah. I mean, when you're waiting for that Black Friday sale to, yeah. to hit so you yeah. can get that rooftop tent on sale, <laughs> if you have a nice little heated throw over your leggies, yeah. mm. you hear that? Yeah, coyotes. some coyotes howling. Oh, I wish I brought my rabbit distress call. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's triggering all of them. <coughs> I used to be able to do that good. <coughs> They're going for it out there. I do want to start talking. Well... How yeah. can people find out uh, about the stuff that you have going on if somebody listens to my podcast but doesn't watch you on YouTube? If somebody wants to find out what I'm doing, uh, they could just Google Last Line of Defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you could search it in YouTube or whatever. Instagram, I'm just at Last Line of Defense, one word, and my website is llod.us. Awesome. Well, Mike, it was nice coming out here we uh sucked it up and stayed out here a little bit longer to capture the content but this information as always is is uh, gold especially to people who are tuned in and want to learn more about how they could be better prepared so i appreciate you coming on again it was good stuff man i always love hanging out look forward to doing some trips in the future be sick i I want you to quit your job as soon as possible so you could focus on your life objective (laughs) preparedness overlanding and adventure and then being happy forever you know yeah we'll figure it out we'll get there we'll get there together look at that right there that's like gold man that's like a good way to end it yeah i watch this from the sun i moved the camera up i saw this i mean look behind us the camera doesn't even almost capture it wow it's gorgeous that's so awesome we're talking about a sunset for those listening on the podcast here beautiful sunset it's magenta oranges and flares of red really uh, but yeah we're in uh, colorado now but uh, thanks for tuning in to the podcast guys as always uh, philcraftsarrival.com a uh, big shout out to black rifle coffee Trarick systems and uh, killcliff.com for sponsoring the podcast 
You guys can check them out on their websites. It's all in the cliff notes in the podcast. And then check out uh, Last Line of Defense's uh, information. His YouTube uh, link is in the bottom as well as his website. Uh, Until next time, guys, thanks. Stay alert. Stay alive. 